Sultans of Slam for Sunday, December 20th, 2020. Your host this week, myself, Lee. I will be talking about AEW Dynamite for Wednesday, December 16th, 2020 from Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida. A downright balmy night. Uh, things get cold in Florida in December, I guess. Like in the in the low, what is it, the 40s, 40 degrees uh, Fahrenheit? Listen, that's... I would, I would kill for that up here at uh, this time of year, but... If you're shirtless and wrestling outside, then yeah, that 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 temperature is no good no matter what. However, it leads to some really cool visuals when the guys get all heated up and uh, their their bodies are steaming. Yeah, wow. Uh, so coming off a lot of momentum here, um, the last two weeks have been nearly broken a million uh, views for these guys. Of course, the Winter is Coming show uh, that you know was Sting debuting, Kenny Omega winning the AEW Championship. Uh, this there, there was a long way to fall. This was a live show, meaning, uh, of course, the sound mix not as good as other weeks. It sounds less professional. It is what it is. You only have so many people making noise in the arena. Uh, but the the issue with these shows in particular is that if a few people are screaming, you absolutely hear them. When they throw to interviews, there's sound issues, blah, 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 depending on the broadcast, depending on the production. Uh, listen, it's it's likely a nightmare. It's not ideal situation, uh, but you gotta do live shows. I don't know if it's in their contract to do live shows. Am I saying I want all tape shows? No, absolutely not. But in the pandemic era, the the sound sweetening goes a hell of a long way, uh, and that's that's my feelings on it. We're live as live can be. Jr. tells us a six man tag team match will start things off. Hangman Adam Page with John Silver and Alex Reynolds versus Hardy Party, Matt Hardy and Private Party. Silver and Reynolds enter in cowboy outfits and place a child-sized cowboy hat on Adam Page, who immediately takes it off. Video flashback to two weeks ago showing the Battle Royale events that led to this match. Quen and Page start things off and lock up. A, uh, a tag is made to Hardy. Quick tags on both sides leads to a 3v3 big boot spot with Page and his boys clearing the ring. Uh, Silver jumps on Page's back in celebration. Reynolds lays out Cassidy. Isaiah Cassidy, that is. Hangman backdrops Silver onto him for a near fall, uh, running shooting star press from Page, and he tags out to Silver. Page and the Dark Order boys working well together. Page seems to be enjoying himself, having a good time working with uh, tag team partners that are genu genuinely enthusiastic uh, to, to be with him. Uh, next week, special time for Dynamite Holiday Bash Part 1, immediately following the NBA on TNT or 10 p.m., uh, I guess Eastern time, whatever, whatever makes sense there. So if you, you tune in and guys are playing basketball instead of wrestling, you know what happened. Cassidy and Silver duke it out, tagged to Hardy. To Quen with a moonsault and a near fall back to Matt. The announcers put him over as he applies a sleeper hold to John Silver. Silver with a desperate brain buster to get the hot tag ultimately to Page. Massive lariat to Cassidy for a near fall. Uh, Page gets Cassidy up for a powerbomb. Cassidy fights out. Tag made to Matt Hardy once again. Hardy with a side effect near fall on Page. Delete. Delete. Hardy wastes time. Page recovers and levels Hardy with a clothesline. Hardy tags Quen. Page tags Reynolds. Cravat-style suplex. Near fall. Cassidy drops Silver to the floor. Reynolds sends Cassidy to the floor. A flurry of moves from Silver, Reynolds, and Hangman. A beautiful sequence on Quen here. And the pin is broken up. Um, this this has happened. Like it, It's a really cool-looking spot. It looks cohesive. Everybody's like power. Like Everybody takes turns doing a cool move. And it, it becomes this cool sequence. But then ultimately the guy kicks out. Uh... And as cool as this was, and as, as glad as I am to have seen it, based on the ultimate result, 
uh, I think stuff like this needs to be reserved for a finish, personally. And uh, you know, I'm not I'm not completely throwing in with Jr. and his comments this this previous week uh, in regards to protecting moves like the DDT and 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 doing all these flips and stuff where it, it isn't called for. Less is more in pro wrestling, obviously. Um, this is a dynamite show. Obviously, you, there's there's some momentum. Everybody's giving it their all. But stuff like this is weird, ultimately. Especially with Angelico. Uh, it was like last week or two weeks ago when that guy kicked out of fucking everything. And then uh, ultimately what happens to him here in this Cody Rhodes match during this show. It, it's inconsistent to my wrestling brain. My suspension of disbelief is like, hey, hold on a second. Uh, in my imaginary stamina health bars that I have of all these pro wrestlers, this didn't make sense. And this is one of them. Uh, Hardy pulls Silver from the ring and hits the twist of fate. Page fires up on him. Cassidy through the rope, sends Hangman over the barricade. Reynolds all alone in the ring. Gin and Juice from Private Party. Matt, the legal man, gets the pin. One, two, three. Hardy Party with the W. Matt kisses his tag partners on the forehead. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, Hangman Page and his uh, Dark Order buddies uh, did a good job here. John Silver is excellent. Alex Reynolds, uh, a bit in the shadow of John Silver, but still excellent. Uh, that all these, these, it's a way to showcase these, for lack of a better word, job guys, uh, as they get over, as they get popular, and, and have them be a threat, have them be not full comedy, although I guess you could argue that for John Silver, and it's, it's, you know, weird to give, uh, Paige a, a comedy rub in a storyline, especially when Paige should have, like, some kind of redemption arc coming his way. I don't know where this all leads with the Dark Order and Paige, but for right now, it's enjoyable. Tonight... Omega versus Joey Janela in a match that we're told will have implications. Uh, as opposed to other matches that don't always. I don't. Uh, Sting is here. Inner Circle versus Best Friends and Friends. The Acclaimed versus SCU, Kazarian and Daniels. Deeb and Swole versus Ivelisse and Diamante. And Cody Rhodes versus Angelico up next. But first, Alex Marvez interviews the Inner Circle. Jericho shirtless, uh, which is only strange because everyone else is fully clothed. Uh, MJF cuts off his response. MJF is celebrating his New York Times Best Performer of 2020 award. MJF puts it back on Jericho for being an excellent mentor. I couldn't have done it without you sexy hooligans either. Big shit-eating smiles. Marvez throws to a commercial. Lights up. The Rhodeses. Cody and Brandy are rocking around the Christmas tree. The doorbell rings. Cody retrieves a box from the front step. Brandy and he open it while sitting on the couch. An ornament inside informs us the couple will be expecting their first child in 2021. The Son of a Son of a Plumber will debut next year. Cody's music hits and a big pop, and uh, we're off to the races here. Uh, when you really break down what this was, like it was a, a, a reveal uh, that they will be having a kid, but when you really break down what happened here, it doesn't make any fucking sense. Like they're just hanging out by the Christmas tree and a doorbell rings. Nobody's there. There's a mysterious package on the uh, on the doorstep. Like the stork could have brought them a bundled baby uh, for as much as this made sense. And then they sit on the couch and open the box, which informs us, the audience, that they will be having a baby, but from their point of view, uh, was this also how their doctor told them they were pregnant? I don't... Is this something you can request? Uh, just drop a Christmas ornament. Is this only available three months of the year? How does this work? Uh, I digress. Congratulations to them. And uh, I don't know what that means for, for any programs Brandy had going forward with uh, with Jade Cargill and Shaq or whatever the fuck was going on there. Uh, but lots of AEW babies popping out this year. And uh, I'm here for it. All right. Uh, Cody's music hits Big Pop. Arn and Brandy join him. The future father, Cody Rhodes, Justin Roberts announces. Cody's new t-shirt on sale now. Support the future father, says the announced team. 17-2-1, Cody is in the last how many uh, matches. Cody chokes back tears in the ring. He's uh, very emotional 
here. Uh, they don't really like dwell on it or anything. He doesn't cut a promo or anything, but you can see Cody hanging there with Arn and uh, and Brandy is uh, a little choked up. And Helico and Jack Evans shimmy to the ring. Is the best word I could come up with. They just kind of fucking dance to the ring, which excellent. And now let's just put Angelico over big here, mentioning his specialization in submissions. Lockup, chain wrestling, arm drag, Excalibur hypes, and upcoming picture in picture. You can hear a very young child cheering for Cody here very distinctly. A bit haunting after the news of like, hey, Cody, you're going to be a father. One kid cheering for Cody in the crowd was kind of interesting. Uh, Cody has trouble landing a clean shot on a helico. Uh, eventually hits a double foot drop kick and we go to break. Cody uh, with the Rhodes trademark drop right hand. Springboard cutter. One, two, three. Cody puts on helico away. A feat that has proven a bit more difficult in recent weeks. JR puts over Cody's impending fatherhood and the Go Big Show. Not to be confused with the Big Big Show or the Big Show Show. Uh, Arn is pleased. Team Taz appears. Taz on the mic asks for the music to be cut. Cody's body steams in the cold. Taz calls out Darby in the stands. Uh, Ricky takes over the promo for a spell. Lights out. Sting's music. And Snow Machine hits. Team Taz cowers before Sting and his bat. Uh, Will Hobbs steps towards him. And the other members of Team Taz pull him back. Uh, we end on images of Sting and Darby uh, as, they, as they cut between them and staring at each other longingly. And uh, we head to another break. So yeah, the Angelico thing is interesting. Because Angelico was kicking out of fucking everything uh, in his most recent Dynamite match. And it was like, wow. And then here he eats a... Uh, not even a crossroads, if I remember correctly. He eats a right hand and a springboard cutter and gets put away one, two, three. Is a little inconsistent with what I am to understand of Angelico from just previous weeks. Um, yeah. It, like, it, it doesn't bother me to the point of like, oh, this sucks. Because uh, obviously... That's not the case. Uh, just, just bringing it up. Back live, JR tells us uh, many speculate Miro is the most dangerous man in AEW. Alex Marvez is backstage interviewing Miro. Alex mentions that Miro has accrued heavy fines for his assault, assault of AEW staff members last week. Miro blames Cassidy, that's Orange Cassidy, for his actions. Puts over his dark match with Sunny Kiss next week on Dynamite Biggest Wedding Cake Announcement for Kip and Penelope. That's coming up next week. And uh, what about the people in the hospital, asks Alex here over Christmas that you put there. Bah humbug, screams Miro, it's my birthday. Which is, as far as I know, it was. Uh, this is way better, uh, even further from the gamer internet gimmick, please. He's by himself here, he doesn't have Kip and Penelope. He still got the kind of shitty uh, internet, uh, for lack of a better word, like fashionista, uh, sneakerhead kind of guy going on here Miro has a really good personality and if you've seen him on Total uh, Divas and stuff like that uh, he's very enjoyable he can get over very easily on his own as he did with the Rusev Day gimmick that WWE quickly squashed because it wasn't their idea uh, more of that Miro here I like this and like I said I have nothing necessarily against the gamer internet gimmick I just don't think it's working in pro wrestling or at least for these guys let Kip continue it on but lean uh, further into it and let Miro just be his meathead friend uh, who, who does stuff like this. This was great. Eddie Kingston appears with a mic and asks for his own music to be cut. Uh, they, they gotta have a meeting before uh, the show starts and just be like, how many people are asking for their music to be cut? Let's keep it to like one or two people. Uh, oh, here comes my dog. Yes, Eddie Kingston. Are you a big Eddie Kingston fan? Yes. It'd be great if Eddie Kingston just had a chihuahua that he came out with. Uh, Eddie says they injured Pac and that he's gone back home to recover. Maybe forever. Or something. Uh, argues with the crowd and threatens them. Starts to talk shit about Lance Archer. Archer's music immediately hits and he comes flying down the ramp. Butcher and Blade with the bunny show up. Lance holds his own for a time. Overwhelmed three on one. Phoenix and Penta appear to even the numbers. Pac slides in to tilt them the other way. 
everyone brawls in the ring. Kingston gets murdered by Pac and Archer against the barricade. Phoenix splashes everyone else. Archer upset that Pac is kicking out. Uh, sorry, uh, Archer is upset that Pac is kicking too much ass. Uh, and they get in each other's face. The Death Triangle and Lance Archer stand tall, having driven Eddie and his family away. Uh, I don't know. Is this just leading to like a 4v4 uh, match or something? Will Eddie Kingston, will we be revealing a new wrestler uh, that's going to be on Eddie's, uh, Eddie's side here now that Penta and Phoenix have been taken from his family? I don't know. Uh, this 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 feud is is securely in the uh, in the B card, but of course we uh, we learn that Ray Phoenix has some uh, bigger things ahead of him uh, next week or in a couple weeks that we learn about later in the show. So let's get there. Dasha backstage with Dustin Rhodes. Seven was a bad idea years ago, and it's a bad idea last week. He calls out Uno for his comments last week, saying that he was the most useless Rhodes on staff. Calls him out for a match next week. Sure, Evil Uno versus Dustin Rhodes. Next week. 12-man tag team match. Woof, I have written here. I believe this was originally a 14-man, uh, but Wardlow did not appear. Neither did Brandon Cutler. And uh, you, you can look up in the dirt sheets or whatever you want about the comments made by Brandon Cutler against uh, what, what JR had to say and the kind of the disrespect there and, and kind of where people are feeling on that. And uh, I didn't look further into this. I don't know why two men were cut from a 14-man to make it a 12. It's a clusterfuck either way. Um... I don't know if Wardlow just happened, just could not appear, and therefore, instead of adding someone to the inner circle, they just took Brandon Cutler off the other thing, considering all the heat he's got. Or if Brandon Cutler was removed from this match, and they looked at the inner circle, and they're like, Wardlow, take, take the night off. I don't know what happened here. Let's speculate endlessly. Best friends Trent and Taylor enter first. Orange Cassidy jumps on commentary or puts on headphones and relaxes in the chair. Anyhow, uh, Darius and Dante, top flight. Garrison and Pillman Jr. also join them. That makes their team. The inner circle, consisting of Jericho, MJF, Santana, Ortiz, Sammy, and Hagar. Good to see Santana back. Uh, Jericho and Pillman Jr. start things out. Excalibur names Orange his favorite guest commentator as Orange nods out in the seat. Orange was holding the end of his microphone cable earlier and is now nodding out in his chair. Sammy and Dante, the legal men, flying and, uh, and bounce around the ring with one another. Sammy Guevara is phenomenal. That's it. Nothing more to say. Uh, Darius tagged in. Sammy pinned, but Ortiz breaks it up. Sammy with a massive right hand uh, to Dante. Both teams tagged. Trent and Santana tagged in. Of course... Uh, Ortiz and Chuck get in the ring as well. These men haven't really met properly since their phenomenal uh, street fight, which I still recommend anybody go back and watch if you haven't already. Just a great match. Shoving starts. Everyone fills the ring. Inner circle is tossed out. A six-way hug from the faces. Trent beckons to Santana to return to the ring. Santana with a uh, the two amigos uh, tagged to Ortiz. Tandem drop. Uh, Trent rolls out of the ring to recover and escape a fresh MJF. Trent is tossed around by the inner circle at ringside as referee Aubrey Edwards deals with the distraction in ring. Jericho and Sammy hit their classic pose, and I miss this. I miss when Sammy and Jericho were friends. I also miss just the inner circle being cohesive, no matter what happens to them, that as a team, there's no dissension. That looks to be the direction they're headed back now, uh, after the ultimatum last week. Sammy to the top rope, hot dogs a moment, shooting star, Trent rolls away, bicycle knee to Sammy, standing Spanish fly from Darius to Ortiz, goes for a dive through the ropes, uh, eats a boat, boot from Santana, his brother Dante splashes everyone for the save, quick tags from the good guys, everyone hits their moves on Ortiz, Garrison last to be tagged, Hagar in the ring and quickly out, Ortiz steal the legal man, Jericho with the bat shot to Garrison with uh, the ref is while the ref is turned around. Hagar tagged in for real this time. Hits Wardlow's F10. Hits the worst F10 
uh, I've ever seen as an homage to Wardlow. I don't know what this was, but it's it's definitely not a move Hagar should add to his repertoire. Uh, tags out uh, to MJF, who secures the pin on Garrison. Inner Circle wins the 12-man. Uh, 12-man continue to brawl after the bell. This show's cohesive between Hagar and MJF, obviously, who haven't been on the most friendly terms, but it seemed like a Wardlow spot. It seems like Wardlow gets tagged in at the end, hits the F10, and then MJF asks for the tag in and the pin. Seemed like what the, the spot was here, so I just think... Something weird happened in this match with those two men being removed from it, but all the same, it was a good match and it showcased uh, all of the talent in some way, shape, or form. Especially Sammy Guevara got got some licks in here, and uh, Sammy Guevara needs to to rack up some W's, I believe. And I I think obviously the next thing is the true breaking up of the inner circle. And I'm not saying that happens this year. I'm not saying that happens in six months. I don't know when that happens. Uh, but it, yes, it is time to build them back up as as friends so that when whatever happens happens. Uh, everybody can go their separate ways if they do and uh, be stronger for it. Alex Marvez holds a microphone for Thunder Rosa, who is furious with Britt Baker, blames Baker rightfully for her loss to Deeb, is insulted Baker said she didn't belong in the AEW. Rosa laughs, Reba shows up to distract her, and Baker decks her from behind. They wash her fa uh, face makeup off. Baker asks the camera if it still works, or did Rosa's ugly face break it? Classic. Uh, SCU versus The Acclaimed, Daniels and Kazarian make their way to the ring. Tony Schiavone is beside himself with the last segment, has no words for Baker's actions. The acclaimed appears, and the rapping begins. The young bucks watch from ringside. Kazarian on the mic now calls them crap in rap form. Classic. Uh, this was brief. Uh, <laughs> will it be the acclaimed's gimmick to have a different rap every match? Like, they come down and just fucking start giving out in rap form? I, Lord Jesus, hit the bell. Uh, Anthony Bowens, less hair, and Max Caster, more hair, make up the, uh, the acclaimed. Uh, the announced team puts over the Acclaims record coming off of Dark as we head to break. Bit of a flat match so far. Matt Caster smashes Daniels in the face with a boombox. Anthony pins the Fallen Angel. Chris Daniels, one, two, three. Lucky us, we get more rapping after the match. Acclaim calls out Bucks for a championship match next week. Matt and Nick will oblige. There's nothing wrong with their rapping. It wasn't that cringy, let's say. It did have that rhyming cadence. Kazarian was, was fine. He's just like a, a fucking 40-year-old white guy rapping. That's... It was what it was supposed to be. He called them shit. He called them crap. Perfect. Fine. Match was okay. Flat. These guys are very, very green. Obviously, SCU and the Young Bucks are the guys to lead these guys to good good matches on TV. Should they need... Like, they've had eight matches on Dark or whatever. They've, they've more or less proven themselves. But they are very, very, very green. And now they have a championship match with the Bucks next week. So the Bucks have their work cut out for them. Nothing really negative to say about the acclaim. The rap gimmick thing... Just reminds me of WWE. That's it. Take take that and run with it. Uh, that's that's what you're evoking here, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Uh, Dasha interviews Top Flight. Top Flight cuts a promo on Jericho and MJF, challenges them to a match next week. Uh, these kids do a pretty good job here. Like it, it seems like an independent wrestling promo, but completely confident, completely obviously saying things in their own words. And to harken back to the thing I just said about WWE, these are really young guys. I think one of them isn't even 20 yet or something like that. They're they're babies and they're very confident here, delivered a perfectly good promo for, for what they are at this point in AEW. Good for them. Uh, and I like to see more of Top Flight. Uh, they are a green group as well, but a uh, little less green than they acclaimed, I guess, from just basically what we've seen of them so far. And... Uh, it's nice to see people showing up on this pro wrestling show that are both older than me, still in the business, and 10 years younger than me, 
uh, just entering the business, you have you have uh, that that inner circle match just now where Sammy, who in his own right is a baby, is squaring off with someone who's even like four or five years his junior in the ring. Uh, it's very promising for AEW in the future. Yes, yes, it is. Uh, team uh, tag team women's match. Oh boy, uh, Evilise and Diamante versus Deeb and Swole. This was not good. Evilise and Diamante team up on Deeb as Swole recovers. Near fall, Diamante takes her time uh, stepping Deeb. Uh, what? Setting Deeb up for a move. Deeb rolls away and tags in Swole. Massive headbutt to Diamante. Tiger driver, like an awful tiger driver. Uh, we we can debate what was worse, the tiger driver here from Swole or the F10 from Hagar. Clearwater Cloverleaf uh, submission here. Ivelisse tries to break it up. Deeb holds her back, and Diamante taps out to Swole. Swole and Deeb celebrate. Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero appear. Uh, they join Ivelisse and Diamante in beating down Deeb and Swole. Red Velvet appears with the most dangerous thing in pro wrestling: a single a single steel chair, which we've seen uh, Scorpio Sky use to scare off like eight men in the past. Uh, three people plus a chair versus four. That's bad math, and the heels retreat. Um, Little too much of this on AEW. A lot, to, little too much of the save with someone just holding a chair. Is uh, <laughs> it's just like, eh. The thing about the chair, the thing that makes the chair deadly is when you don't see it coming. Uh, if someone swings a chair at you and there's and there's four of you, because it really it was red velvet and a chair versus these four heels. <laughs> and if we subtract Vicky Guerrero, let's say, it's three heels. She swings the chair. If you smother her, it's like soccer 101, man. You get in their grill. She can't really get any range going with the chair. Uh, yeah, she can do that that cool bunt move where you just hit someone with the head. There's three of you. You can wrestle that fucking chair away from me. I, I wouldn't be this upset about it if it didn't happen. What seems like every week, one person shows up with a chair and, oh, fuck, it's, oh, they got a chair. We got a, that's it. Kendo stick, even more believable. A kendo stick or a bat. A little more maneuverable. Uh, and now we're just getting into the the argument of, of bat versus knife and uh, etc. And we'll, we'll just leave it there. Your main event. If Joey Janela can beat Omega tonight, he can challenge for the AEW Championship. So good luck, Joey Janela. Uh, prior to that, Best Friends cut a promo on Miro and Kip in the parking lot. Best Friends have a new festive shirt. Trent and Chuck say they'll see them next week. So probably going to ruin the wedding cake. If you like seeing big cakes get fucked up. <laughs> Tune in next week. Uh, speaking of next week, 10 p.m. or following the NBA, remember, we get a video package of Jurassic Express. Uh, they will fight Coke Cabana 5 and 10 of the Dark Order. And we're interrupted by FTR, who storms the announce desk pissed off. Like, like actually livid. Dax and Cash, both livid. They're putting over these sideshow teams, in their own words. Is this division a joke? FTR threatens Jurassic Express and leaves. Uh, basically, like, they're a sideshow. They don't take this division seriously. Uh, they're taking food off our table with this fucking nonsense. We're going to destroy them. Uh, this was fine. It's perfectly within FTR. Uh, FTR tries to do a mic drop here, but totally says something after the fact. That was the only problem with this. Otherwise, this was excellent and a really cool way to inject uh, FTR onto the show. Young Bucks versus The Acclaimed for AEW Tag Championship will, next, bleh, will be next week. Jericho and MJF versus Top Flight. Excellent. Uh, Sheeta in action. Evil Uno versus Dustin Rhodes. Pac versus The Butcher. Sure. Uh, also, look forward to New Year's Smash, a two-week event. Uh, the first week will have Jericho on commentary, and the other will have Snoop Dogg in some capacity. Sure. Uh, Joey Janela with Sunny Kiss versus Kenny Omega with Don Callis. This is a bit of a, a 
uh, theatrical match, I guess you would say. Joey smacks Kenny in the face with a trash can as he approaches the ring. Love it. Don Callis, making no reference to this, insults Tony Schiavone instead on the announce desk and tells him to hit the bricks as no one calls a Kenny Omega match like Don Callis does. Uh, Tony tells him to get the hell out of here. And uh, Don Callis goes instead at ringside and uses a live mic to call the match to everyone present, including us in the uh, TV audience. Omega and Janela outside the ring. Excalibur mentions that they were meant to meet in the tournament. Uh, Sonny took Joey's place after a COVID scare, if I remember correctly. Uh, Don, with his own microphone, does commentary ringside. As I said, Omega also passes a microphone back and forth with the ref and has like a discourse with... Uh, with Callus as this match goes on. Moonsault press with a garbage can. Janela kicks out. Don and Kenny talk back and forth on their respective mics. Janela lit up with a chop, a baking sheet. A garbage can is placed on Joey. Double foot stomp. The baking sheet. Do they keep baking sheets under the ring? Why? Uh, I think that's it, says Tony, JR, and Don. One wing angel. If he hits this, it's all over, says Don Callis. Reversal, Hurricane Rana by Joey. Sunny Kiss pulls out a table and sets it up at ringside. Uh, Kenny Omega is absolutely destroyed by this Hurricane Rana. He, he's like stumbling around by ringside. Joey slides out as well. Kenny staggers to the table at ringside. Joey punches him in the face, lays him on the table, and hits a leg drop on Kenny through the table. We end up back in the ring for a bunch of V-triggers. Joey oversells one of these V-triggers. Excuse me. I had like a, like a, a burp and a yawn at the same time. No good. Uh, Joey oversells this V-trigger like he's shaking with his arms in the air. Man, Joey Janela, I just... Listen. One Wing Angel, one, two, three. Don Callis on the mic after the match. No more haters. Everyone related to the tournament has been silenced. The Death Triangle appears. Pac on the mic calls out the injustice Ray Phoenix competed in the tournament and never lost, being replaced by Penta when he was injured. Don asks if Pac got a promotion. Wrestlers don't tell the world champion what to do. Pac says he just spoke to Tony Khan, who of course in storyline isn't the biggest fan of Don Callis and Kenny Omega right now, and the match is sanctioned. Tells Omega that he will defend the championship against Ray Phoenix on December 30th. Kenny is livid and we go off the air. Great. Uh, Ray Phoenix, however, has been racking up a bunch of, of, of L's here. He's been pinned by the Butcher and the Blade a couple times. Uh, Ray Phoenix isn't built up as a challenger that you believe will shock Kenny and, and take that belt. And this is just racking up losses for Ray Phoenix against Kenny as well as everybody else on the roster. And, you know, one day I assume Ray Phoenix has a championship run in him of some kind. Uh, but that will not be December 30th. I, I regret to inform everyone. The Don Callis thing, he has appeared on Figure Four Daily. He's appeared on the Jericho podcast. Uh, usually as a gimmick, obviously, he's in storyline. Uh, he's fantastic as, like, this this shitty manager here. Uh, there's, you know, Kenny Omega is, is now lost a little, I think, to Don Callis, as Don Callis mostly works as his mouthpiece. But it's a great unit. Uh, I don't know what they have planned. We're a few weeks away from Wrestle Kingdom. I wonder if this is is paying off there in some way. If they are truly getting everyone that isn't WWE uh, in the same canon here. Or what's happening. There's an Impact pay-per-view coming up uh, with, with Kenny Omega challenging uh, for, for their belt there, I guess. Or something like that. Uh, I haven't really been following the Impact stuff. I've been following the Don Callis stuff in his interviews. And it's uh, it's neat. It's, it's a cool, it kind of exciting pro wrestling thing here to, to end the year. Uh, I wish we would have heard from Moxley at some point on this on this show, or at some point have him come out and destroy some guy. Uh, maybe it's best if you don't have something particular for Moxley. 
uh, that you just leave him off, bring him back in 2021 and uh, hype a, a rematch in February on the pay-per-view. Whatever the case, uh, hope he is well. And that's kind of the show. We've uh, changed up some of our handles on social media. At Iceberg Podcast is now where you can reach us there. Lee at TootsieIceberg.com is still, however, my email address. You'll also notice that a lot of the social media handles have become T-O-T-I instead of Tits of the Iceberg. I really have no reason uh, why why this was done. Uh, it was to remove the word uh, tits from all... Uh, all that kind of stuff where uh, social media and stuff doesn't like it, uh, just in case we decide to integrate and monetize in the future. I have no plans of doing this. Uh, this is just something I was randomly clicking around on the internet the other day, and I'm like, ah, let's make it let's make it uh, consistent across all social media and just call it Iceberg Podcast. So that's where you can reach us if you have any questions or comments. Listen to Public Beta Podcast this previous week, which is mostly about the troubles with Cyberpunk and the not-so-much-troubles with the Game Awards. Uh, we talk about that, me and Reed do. The Pokemon Mega episode, uh, 11 parts, I think it, hold on, I got it right here. Uh, is it 11 parts? It's 11 parts, I don't know how long that thing is gonna be, all edited together, but that will be coming out Christmas Day. You can hear me and Reed talk for hours about the Pokemon main series. Look for that, otherwise, uh, Public Beta Podcast coming up this Wednesday, and we will be talking mostly about our successful... Uh, time with with cyberpunk kind of leaving the the drama behind and talking about what is actually good about this game what can be improved and uh, what we've liked so far so listen for that on wednesday then on friday like i said pokemon mega episode and then that weekend the boxing uh, day weekend as it were uh, for those in the commonwealth we will be doing another sultans of slam talking about the show this coming wednesday as well so Lots of podcasts. Uh, take care of you and yours. Have a happy holiday if you don't hear from me before then. This has been Lee for the Sultans of... Slam! Hey!